tuned in to the Sighted Blind Podcast. What's up, guys? You're now tuned into the Sighted Blind Podcast. The Sighted Blind Podcast was created to amplify the voices of those often hidden in the shadows, the Black disabled community. We're here to shed light on those who are actively working to change the narrative that those who are differently abled are disengaged in the happenings of today. I'm Jay, a legally blind disabilities advocate, music lover, therapist, and self-proclaimed foodie. I'm here with my lovely co-host. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, hey. Well, I am Andrea, legendary Drea, legally Lachey, but most of my people call me Drea. I'm a Virginia-born, Alabama-bred, cornbread-fed law student at Southern University Law Center. I'm an advocate for the people, my people, a poet and artist, a recovering shopaholic, a world traveler, wine, words, and music enthusiast, book collector, wife and trainer, who just so happens to be legally blind. In our Black Visionary segment, we'll highlight Black men and women who are making a significant difference in their own rights. This week, the Black Visionary Award goes to Fashionably Tardy podcast created by two blind women who tell the stories of creatives in the fashion industry. They describe Fashionably Tardy as a huge party where you don't know who will show up. Their stories are of the people who are killing it behind the scenes. You can find these ladies at Fashionably Tardy on all streaming platforms and at FT on the scene on Instagram. And my visionary for this episode is April D, who is the owner, operator, facilitator, creator, whatever, all of that, and then some of officially adulting. April D currently resides in Huntsville, Alabama. Alabama A&M University brought her to the South where she earned her bachelor's of science degree in computer science in 2013 and her master's of engineering degree in material and systems engineering in 2018. April currently works in aerospace in the aerospace industry as a systemic engineer. Her patient, her passion, I cannot read today, but you will get you will get to that later. For adulting became became her side hustle, if you will, because she realized she had made plenty of mistakes financially. She believes that adulting is more than just understanding money and paying your bills on time. It's more of a lifestyle, and I totally agree with that. She decided to take adulting by by the horns and just do it, and she created Officially Adulting, her YouTube channel and also her Instagram that will allow other people to Learn how to do it right because we're in this together. Unfortunately, there is no manual, which Jay and I was talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And one thing that made me just gravitate to April, besides the fact that she was epitomizing Black Girl Magic, you heard her bio, was the 30 for 30, the 30, 30, 30 challenge where she started this to, in order to reset and refresh. And I think all of us can use that right about now. The challenge can be found on her Instagram. Again, it is officially adulting underscore. Check her out. Our tunnel vision segment essentially hones in on what's happening today and how we're dealing with and coping with those things. Um, It's not a secret at this point that there are several pandemics that are happening in our nation. Uh, It's less known that those in the blind community face additional challenges when working to uphold safety measures. 
and participate in active resilience. And essentially what I mean by that is some of the precautions that have to be taken in order to make sure that we're safe in this time of the health crisis that we're going through the pandemic that is happening. Uh, I don't feel like I need to mention the name. You have seen it everywhere. You know what's going on. Um, but when you are either legally blind or totally blind, there are extra things that you have to think about. Um, someone that might be totally blind and uses a white cane, although they still have to practice their daily measures, going to the store, um, shopping if need be, we recognize that some of the things that are put into place are more detrimental than helpful. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, when you guys go to the store and we know that we're supposed to be social distancing and standing six feet apart, that's all good and fine. But when you can't see, you use either touch or the taps of your cane to recognize how far away you are from people. Now, that's cool when you're able to be in a party of people and you know them, you can still do that. But if you're going shopping by yourself and there's lines on the floor and they say six feet apart and you can't tap to find out either feeling on the ground where the cane is supposed to be or, you know, a lot of times if you have some usable vision, it's not contrasted enough for you to see, you can't stand six feet apart. It's almost humanly impossible. And so some of those types of things make it really hard to navigate in this time. Uh, one of the other things that I personally struggle with is that I have to use public transportation to go places, right? So we're not supposed to come in contact with, you know, many people outside of our homes. Um, that would be ideal anyway. But if I'm going to go to work, and thankfully, I'm still working at home, but if I weren't, I would have to use rideshare on a regular basis, as I did before the pandemic. Uh, using rideshare at this point is a little disheartening and a little scary because I don't know these people. We don't know these people. We don't know where they've been. Um, oftentimes, we'll get in the Uber or Lyft, and they are not wearing a mask, although they're supposed to be. Um, but if you have to go somewhere and you really need to go do what you need to do, you know, is it really of complete importance to argue with somebody that's supposed to be keeping your safety in their hands? Uh, about whether or not they have on a mask, right? You can't always do that. Now, you have that choice. It just probably wouldn't be smart in that situation. So it makes things a little difficult. Transportation is difficult. People who only use buses and things like that have to come in contact with multiple people. If they have less sight, um, they don't know how close they are to people um, that are sitting. Also, uh, where these people are going where they have gone, uh, those types of things. So it's been a little difficult to say the least. Um, this section is about coping, right? So the way that I'm coping is staying at home, um, staying at home as much as possible. But like I said, I am fortunate. Not everyone is that fortunate. So um, when you see someone or you come in contact with someone who is differently abled and you know that they navigate by touch, or by contrast, or by the little residual sight that they do have, make sure that you keep in mind that 
yes, this is difficult for you, but it might be a little bit more difficult for other people in this world. Um, keep your head up and now we'll move on. Okay, so, you know, I didn't think about it like that until you said it, but well, many people may know or may not know that there's multiple pandemics going on. And I have the daunting task to talk about the war on us. What'd you say we were going to call it? Because I like your title. We're the front, front lines. Line. We, we are on the front lines for more wars than honestly any people should be. And we have been since 1619. Black people have been experiencing trauma for centuries. Most of the time, their stories or the accuracy of them go muted. But now our plight is directly in your face. Whether you want it to be or not, might I add, on the news, on social media, in pop culture, this new age systemic and literal genocide is everywhere. And other countries are noticing. We, I don't know if you know it, but we don't look good right now. I honestly feel like racism has the fountain of youth, but that doesn't make me okay with it. It hurts. The things that are happening to black women specifically really hurt me. Mm -hmm. In case anybody was wondering the way my last name may sound, I am a black woman. Sandra Bland's death really, really hit home for me. And I grieved and often still grieve because of her loss. Well, Breonna Taylor's death, it hurt me too because my younger sister, they were the same age. They are the, you know what I'm saying. But nobody seems to care. Black women be out here trying to save the world and the world ain't trying to save yeah. us. So in order to cope with all that chaos, because it's a lot, especially the more knowledgeable of what is really going on. If you really knew what was going on, not just in this country, but throughout the world, it's, it's very heavy. So I do stuff like this, this podcast. I, I love to have a real, this podcast is a part of me coping and just had, doing what I'm doing now, having a real honest, open conversation with another, with another black woman. And I'm making sure, and I know this is definitely being reciprocated. I'm making sure I tell her what's real because there are so many black women who did and continue to do that for me. This podcast for me is personal, yet it's bigger than me. I know there'll be people listening that may need to hear something one of us said. So thank y'all for tuning in. It is time. It's been time. So when it comes to a form of standing in solidarity, protesting, donating, and organizing to help restore upward mobility of Black people and specifically Black disabled people, I have to be strategic as an activist because I got a disability, whether I like it or not. Protesters are getting killed by the police. I wouldn't see if I was in danger until it was too late. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be able to get away as quick as the next person. So I use my voice and my pen. And I try to spread self-love, hope, and just tell people what's really going on. We are better than our circumstances. And I know it's hard because something is going on every, every single day. Like this feels like a movie sometimes. But don't get mad at the people who you assume aren't doing anything because everybody does not, everybody can't be protesting. Everybody mm -hmm. can't be on the front lines. 
being on the front lines is not one size fits all. I do what I can. This podcast is what I can do, what we can do. So I urge you to do what you can. And this is something everybody, all of us can do. Well, if we're of age and are in a state that didn't revoke that right, but all of us can vote and participate in all elections, not just local, not just the presidential, I'm sorry. And all of us can do the census. Do it. We we got to. You know, I want to piggyback off of that. I I think that, you know, some people are posting, some people are protesting, some people are donating. And I don't think it's necessary at all times to talk about what it is that you're doing. Nah. Everyone has a part, a role in this. Just as long as you know what you're doing is for the betterment of the people that you're trying to help, that's all that matters. I think right now things are exacerbated. Like we feel like we need to show everyone what it is that we're doing to help our community because our community, as it has been for a very long time, is in the spotlight. It's just that we are actively trying to make change in a monumental way right now. That's cool. Um, but you know, I've had conversations with people and they've said like, I feel like, you know, everybody's posting about Black Lives Matter right now, but I'm drained. I don't want to post about it. It's triggering to me. I get that. No one should be forced to do that. Um, even if it's just taking care of yourself individually and doing it in a real way, instead of saying, yeah, I'm going to do this later. I'm going to go find a therapist later. I'm going to go find a Black physician later. We're helping, we can help in ways that are a betterment to us and still make a difference. So I'm glad that you said that because I think a lot of people feel like I'm not doing enough. It's not that you're not doing enough, it's that, you know, with social media, we feel as if if we aren't doing what the next person is doing, that we're not doing anything at all. And that's not the truth. And with that, I would definitely say having RP is a pro because I often miss it. So I don't feel the need to just be out here for likes. This is activism. My form of it anyway is an art and it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It, it helps me, but I'm trying to help us. It And this is definitely helping right now. This I'm glad I came. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. (laughs) All right. And our For the Culture segment, um, this is where we're going to have some fun with y'all. I know we've been a little serious for the beginning of the podcast, but there are things that happen that we find to be both entertaining and maybe alarming um, that are happening in the Black community, right? That's a good Uh, one. We like to kiki about the same things that everybody else does, things that are going on around us that just don't make much sense. And so this segment specifically um, will talk about kind of the things that are happening, um, how we feel about them um, in a very real way, and um, hopefully you enjoy it. So the first thing that I would like to, um, I guess, broadcast (laughs) (laughs) uh, is that We have all found in the last week or so that we may or may not have been in a few entanglements. Now, uh, this is brought to us by Jada Pinkett Smith and unfortunately, Mr. August Alcina, who recently did an interview about their past relationship and how it unfolded. 
And then Jada decided that she would bring herself to her own red table, right? And talk about what she feels really happened. And in that interview with her husband, Mr. Will Smith, Uncle Will, uh, she used the word entanglements. Now, on the show, (laughs) Will called her out immediately and said, that was a relationship. You're talking about a relationship, right? And Jada said, no, she was in an entanglement. Now, the Merriam-Webster definition of entanglement is a complicated or compromising situation. She was in a complicated and compromising situation. So that led me to realize that maybe I've been in a few of my own entanglements in life. Um, Now, I won't say that it was anywhere near as difficult as what transpired between them. But I can say that I think that in your 20s, you're kind of trying to figure out you know, how to navigate relationships, what things should be said, what boundaries to set. And you learn these things by doing them. And so because of that, what happens is you get yourself into some situations that might be compromising. But what's important, I think, is that you learn from those situations. It's not like an end-all be-all if you don't do things the correct way. But I mean, if you're going to do it, I guess we got to have people sign non-disclosures at this point. Righteous. Uh, To reiterate on some of the things you said, I would definitely say I either entangled or was (laughs) the entanglee. I don't even know (laughs) what the derivative of that word would be. But, ooh, um, I will definitely say the 20s, because I'm 30 in two months today. Happy birthday, or not, to me. <laughs> Happy um, birthdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still celebrating. Um, but I did, I will say, I definitely learned a lot in this last decade um, that is going to be, or has been, pivotal to how I am now. Like, I learned a lot, and I think, I hope anyway, that August uses this as a learning moment and is able to do what he need to do. And then he did drop a song. I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> I can't lie, guys. The The song is really not that bad. Now, for me, I think it's, it's the Rick Ross feature that makes it what it is because I'm impartial to August Alcina. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but the song is not terrible uh y'all listen for yourselves and let us know what you feel about it please um as far as their situation in general you know i think that as jada said she said she wanted to feel love august fell in love with his childhood crush who would not enter something with jada pinkett smith not to say it was a smart idea to do it but he was also in a very vulnerable space I also think that they created a trauma bond because Will had left Jada and Will said at the red table, I was done with you. I was out of there. I understand that. Uh, But like I said, people better be having people sign non-disclosures out here like Beyonce because it doesn't seem like it was of benefit to Jada to embark on that relationship in general. Hopefully they both learn from the experiences. Uh, next topic is that uh, our lovely, our lovely Kanye West 
announced on July 4th that he will be running for president of the United States under the campaign slogan 2020 vision. Go figure. Not only that, but that he'd be creating his own party and calling it the birthday party. Now, y'all, people that are listening to this probably know that I am a Kanye fan. I have been to multiple Kanye concerts. Kanye, um, although I do know is outlandish and makes terrible decisions, um, also does have some positive qualities. He does. That does not mean that he should be running for president of the United States. By no means do I feel as if he should be the one to lead this country. Um, He did an interview with Forbes (laughs) recently. The interview was really, really bizarre. Um, But some of the key points in the interview were things like, you know, he was denouncing our current president, that he no longer believed in him or his rhetoric. Uh, Also that Kanye has never voted. That should tell you right there that you, you know, I ain't gonna tell y'all who to vote for, but all I'm saying is that won't be who I'm voting for. It won't be Kanye. If he's even still running, right? Um, Is he running or not running? You know, uh, reports Let are us saying know. now that he is still running. I don't I don't really know. We're going to go with it. We're going to go with he's still running. In that interview, he also said that Planned Parenthood is the devil's work. I have lots of thoughts on that that I won't get into today, but we can get into later. Because that definitely does affect the Black community in many ways on the ground as they provide more than one service, right? Uh, more than the service that they're put on a platform for, but we'll talk about that another time, Um, and that he envisions a White House modeled after Wakanda. Now, okay. Um, As far as, (laughs) as far as the envisionment of the White House looking like Wakanda, in theory, that sounds cool, right? We're like, yeah. Photo people by the people. No. Not, no. For one, although I do believe in the empowerment of my people, 100%. We only make up like 13%, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, y'all, but I'm pretty sure it's only 13% of the United States population. That's a very, very small amount. That is highly unlikely He would literally have to send anybody that's not us off somewhere else. That ain't happening. That's not happening. This is unrealistic. Um, What I want to say that I think is happening from the standpoint of someone who has studied mental health disorders, um, works with the mental health population, um, Kanye was diagnosed in 2017 with bipolar disorder. Kanye has since called his disability his superpower. And there have been recent reports from Kanye's family that he is having a manic episode, um, that they want him to get instrumental help so that he's able to balance and be medicated in the way that he should so that he can be high functioning with his disorder. Um, I think that's a great thing that they are talking about that but they're not really stopping any of his crazy rhetoric. You know, they're supporting it, which doesn't really make too much sense to me, but if that's what they want to do, cool. I'm just letting y'all know 
ain't no 2020 vision for me. I've never had 2020 vision. Won't ever have 2020 vision. So vote for yay if y'all want to. Oh, we said we were going to keep this right. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm sorry. Nope. Listen. Promise. I promise I'm going to be good because one of us has a job to keep. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So I love Kanye's music. Not all of it, but most of it. I haven't been to the concerts by choice. I ain't trying to buy none of the clothes. That ain't the point right now. Yay, as I'm going to call him, should not walk through the shadow of the White House and feel no president. None of that. Uh-uh. No, no. That's not okay. I get it. He is doing some grassroots, some bomb stuff for the homeless community. Even his wife, who this is definitely not about, and I ain't going to call her name, is really into criminal justice, or at least right now. Um, and since I'm going to law school, this is near and dear to my heart for multiple reasons. Just because he is good at making beats, making music, definitely amazing at making headlines, and that is not necessarily a pro or a con, he should not be the president. We've already seen examples of who shouldn't do certain things, i.e. y'all's president, the secretary of education, Alabama's governor, Georgia's governor. I can do this all day, but we all, I feel like everybody has a purpose, everybody. And I think that we all should stick to that purpose. Mm -hmm. Kanye's purpose is not to be, and this isn't a bipartisan stance on this. Kanye's purpose should not be into politics, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. We've already had enough of who should not be in the White House. We, we can't do this again. Financially, cannot do this again. Professionally, no. As a nation, this is not <laughs> a good idea, and it 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 scares me because I've seen this nation do stuff that should not be mm -hmm. already. That I that still seem like a bad dream sometimes. <laughs> a whole election coming soon later. This is nah nah. I can't say anything else on that, but this is not okay. <laughs> take care of yourself, Kanye. Just don't take care of yourself trying to weasel your way into a White House that's not even for you or the people that it governs. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense for you to do this. But uh, like I said, do what y'all want to. Um, our last segment is the Black Lit Review. And here we will review authors who are working to make a change in the Black community, um, writing for us by us. So uh, can you do me a favor and tell the people the name of the books uh, <laughs> and the authors? I got the review, but uh, yeah, you know, tech support. She right here. <laughs> so More Than Enough, Claiming Space for Who You Are by Elaine Wellroth chronicles becoming a successful black woman by way of editing Teen Vogue magazine. Okay, so I am in the process of reading more than enough and I highly recommend this book to honestly anybody who needs like a hug right now or some encouragement or something to just smile about for real. More than enough will make you feel good. It'll make you feel empowered and proud of the author 
almost as soon as you start reading it, even if you never heard of her. And it's available on Kindle. It's on Audible. It's, it's on the New York Times bestseller list. And my favorite part is by a black woman. The next book, though. <laughs> Whew. Oh, the next book. We both... Well, I'm finished with it as of today. And you started, you mm -hmm. didn't start, you have started Relationship Goals. A lot of people are talking about this book right now. And who I feel bad for saying this, <laughs> but we said we're going to keep it real. The book was okay to me, literally just okay. If I had to put it in one word. But it brought a it 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 has brought and is bringing a lot of people together, at least to have open dialogue, mm -hmm. which is healthy and highly encouraged. You need to be able to talk about stuff and move beyond it. Like it should be an action behind the talking. Right. But you should definitely be you should definitely be able to communicate yourself communicate about issues and whatnot. And so I do like and appreciate relationship goals for that aspect because it allowed me and a few old friends from undergrad and new friends to get together on Thursdays via Zoom from, I want to say three, three to four states. I think four states are represented. And these are all women of different races, different ages, different relationship statuses. And this reading group was started by a black woman. We're about to read our second book um, next week. And we're closing out on relationship goals. And we had open dialogue. And it wasn't always a happy conversation. We didn't always agree. But we did exactly what Jay and I are doing right now. We gave each other the real, the raw, the uncut. So that ends our Black Lit Review segment, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this pilot episode of the podcast. Um, we have more to come. 